This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, good morning, High Desert Word Center. <laughs> what a day to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, as you can see, uh, we got everybody spaced out really, really well. And, uh, you know, I just we want to remind you to follow any rules and guidelines that we got set up. But this is an absolute awesome day to be here. We're excited for the great turnout. We've got the next service coming in in a little bit. But we love you guys. And thank you, Jesus, to be in the house of the Lord. You know, King David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. And so... Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you so much for cooperating. Um, Thank you so much for being a part of of the instructions that we were given. Thank you for your understanding. They're all in front of you all over the place. Um, I do want to remind you, when you use the restroom, no minors can use the restroom by themselves. It needs to be their own guardian. Also, in the, in the restrooms, there are some Clorox wipes. It helps all of us out if we clean up after ourselves. So any surfaces that you touch, just, you know, when you uh, go into the restroom, grab a couple of Clorox wipes with you. And just anything that you touch, go ahead and clean it up. It's part of the regulation. Um, and I'm so glad to be with you on this Pentecost Sunday. Yes. Amen. The birthday of the church, right? It also just so happens to fall on the same birthday of Katie Brady. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So I'm so, so glad that we're here together. Um, I will also tell you that after service, it's not that we don't want to hang out with you. I would love to hang out with you. But we do have to sanitize after you. So if you could wave on your way out as soon as service is over you can hang out outside as much as you would like you just can't hang out in here so please know we love you and we're not trying to get rid of you but we have to get rid of you we we still love you amen well i'm gonna ask us to stand up together this morning so amen what an awesome time. And I can, as I've said, the last couple drive-in services have been incredible. Uh, great, awesome turnout. And uh, just, man, people here in the Word of God. I like preaching to you guys a lot better than I do a, an iPhone in an empty sanctuary. But, so it's awesome to be here. But on a serious note, though, we as the church, this is a golden opportunity for the church to rise up, especially on our birthday, the church's, you know, the the Christian church's birthday, because as Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, there's going to be some racial uprisings in the end times. We studied that on Wednesday nights and our hearts hurt right now for America. There's just, there's some really crazy stuff going on as we can see. And, uh, and I want to pray for the family of George Floyd, the man that should not have lost his life. That was wicked and wrong. And I also want to pray for uh, America, right? Because we know that this is a great opportunity for change that does need to happen. There needs to be some change. But I believe God's got a better way than destroying and hurting people as well. Amen. And whatever's going on, you know, there's opinions everywhere. 
And, you know, we love everybody's opinions. And I've noticed the same people that were infectious disease experts are now, uh, you know, uh, experts on this also. They say they're so incredible. I mean, just experts everywhere. But, but at the same time, I know the real expert for disease, for strife, for war. And his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And so... We're going to go straight to him today. I don't have to go through a, through a politician. They don't have any answers. I don't have to go through everybody. I'm going to go straight to the man himself, and we're going to see some things start changing. Because make no mistake, this is a great opportunity for real change that does need to take place to happen. But we're going to do it Jesus' way and not lean to our own understanding. Because our own understanding stinks. But when we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, man, he shows us the way. And I'm going to be serious. Let's pray together this morning and see Jesus intervene in the United States. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. First of all, God, we thank you that we get to be back in the house today together, Lord, as a family. This is what we've dreamed of, what we've wanted ever since March 15th, Lord. And we thank you that we're here But, Lord, as we're celebrating this victory, as we're celebrating all the good things, Lord, we know that there's there's a lot going on in the United States right now. Lord, in in your defense, you gave us fair warning in Matthew 24, Luke 17. Lord, you told us that this stuff was going to happen, but it it still hurts. We don't we don't want to see this stuff going on. And, Lord, we know. You are the answer. I pray for the family of George Floyd right now. God, the man should not have lost his life. That was wrong on every possible level. Healing to that family, to that mother, to those brothers, to to his family in the name of Jesus. Heal their hearts, Lord. Bring them the peace that surpasses all understanding right now, God. We pray for justice to be served. You are a God of justice. May anybody that had wrongdoing in that, every officer, anybody else, Lord, that was wrong, Lord, hold them accountable, and we pray for justice. May they, they, may they pay the price. I leave that in your hands, God, and we say that that's going to happen. And, Lord, we say for the United States right now, God, let's use this as a chance to make real, genuine lasting change that does need to take place, God, but we pray for there to be a a peace to do it in the right way, God, where nobody else has to get killed because of this. No, people that spent their lives building their businesses, putting everything they had into it, God, losing it all in a moment. The very people that we're standing up for sometimes are losing everything they've worked for, God, and we don't want that. And so we pray in Jesus' name for change to happen your way, Lord, and any any other opinion, anything else that's just simply leaning on our own understanding, God, we lay that to the side and say, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come down and touch America right now and do what you need to do. We love you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. We're going to worship the Lord together today. Now, usually we come up and dance and run and, and all this at the altar. Stay at your spot for right now as we, as we worship. But that day's coming where we'll be back up here as wild and crazy as ever. But let's worship the Lord together. Let's give God a shout of praise today. Amen. Go ahead, guys. Like Pastor Dave said, Psalm 122 tells us, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. 
So I'm excited that we all get to, to just sing together. So sing with me as loud as you can. Worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free and recaptured and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great Done great things. 
our hands for another minute this morning. Lord, we love you and we can boldly declare today without any fear of contradiction that your faithfulness is great. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, through all of this, God. You haven't left us. We've never been forsaken. Just like King David said, I was young one time, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken 
or his children begging for bread. And Lord, that's the truth. You've been faithful to us, God. And as we're gathered together in your name, in your house, we ask you to have your way today in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, God. Tell us what we need to hear. Change us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. If I could get the ushers to grab me a pulpit up here. My ushers, could you help me out with that? And we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get into the word here. Uh, and I, um, as we're doing that, uh, my parents want to give a shout out to everybody. Uh, they had to take a family trip to Indiana to handle some business out there, but they'll be back with us next week and glad to see everyone. But that's where they're at today. And they didn't want to miss this because this is a huge day. Guys, we're up here. A, a historical day for the body of Christ. And as a lot of you may or may not know, this is what uh, we refer to on our calendar as Pentecost Sunday. Now, to some people, they, that may not mean much, but that means a lot to us. Why? Because we are spirit-filled Christians, and we're not ashamed of it, right? We know that Jesus came to save us, and that the Holy Spirit came to baptize us, and, and baptize us with fire, as it says in the book of Acts. And so, that's the main thing we're going to be in today, is the book of Acts. But just to give you a little history, because I am a history nerd, if you know me, I like history. And, and the, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, it fell 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Now, Pentecost, you know, we may think, well, what, what is that? That's a Jewish word, because that's one of their uh, holy festivals that even Jewish people still celebrate today. Uh, it, it celebrates some of their springtime harvest, and also Moses giving the Ten Commandments, all right? So that's what Pentecost is. But for the new Christians in the book of Acts, okay, here's where I want you to get in on this with me. For the new Christians, because they were brand new. Jesus had just died and just rose again and gone to heaven. This was brand new stuff. This was a new era of the world. This was a new chapter in history. This was a new phase. This was the very beginning, the birth of the Christian church. And so there's a lot of things that, well, yeah, I've heard that all my life. And, of course, everybody knows that. But this was a brand new thing going on that the Lord was doing in these people's lives. And the crazy part is, is that the world to these new Christians was kind of a lot like our world is right now. Things were upside down. Things were going crazy. Jesus came and died and rose again. But then he went up to heaven. And he says, no, 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 it's okay, I'm, I'm coming back someday. So they're thinking, okay, today's Monday, he's got to be back by Friday, let's be ready for this thing. Wait a minute, it's Saturday now, he isn't back yet. And so things were not going as they expected them to go. And then there's, on top of all that, the Romans had taken over Israel. And so the Jewish people hated, detested the Romans, they bullied them around, told them what to do, and there was a lot of racial and, and, and all sorts of unrest and, and, and things going on in Jerusalem in this day and age. And so Peter and the boys, right, they're like, Peter, you know Peter, he, he's, a, he's hardcore, he is zealous, he is ready for a fight, he'll fight at the drop of a hat, and he'll just drop the hat so he can start a fight. He's ready to go, and so he starts asking Jesus 
you know, these questions. Okay, fine. I, I appreciate all you're saying. You know, that Holy Spirit business, that sounds really great. Super excited. But tell me this. When are you going to come back and establish your kingdom? When are you going to come back so we can start a revolution and kick the Romans out and take back over? He was ready for a fight. And then Jesus says, calm down. Pump the brakes, Pete. Listen. Those things, I haven't set the date and the time for when those will happen. Only God knows when that's going to happen, all right? And Jesus said this repeatedly in the Gospels. No one knows the day or the hour of my return, not even the Son of Man himself. Only God knows. Do you know why God can't tell Jesus the day or the hour? Jesus tells us everything he knows. He'd straight up tell us probably. He'd be like, oh, yeah, guys, get ready. I'm coming back next Tuesday. Get ready. Here it comes. And he loves to tell us stuff. He likes to reveal the secrets of the kingdom to us. But God said, no, no, no. Only the Father knows the day or the hour when that time is going to come. But Jesus said, Peter, John, Philip, Andrew, Bartholomew, guys, calm down. God knows when that there will be a time for that. There will be a time But right now, I want to tell you something even better. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to be in the book of Acts today the whole time. So get your acts together. Come on. Hey, the preacher jokes are back. I couldn't do this to an iPhone, but I can do it to you. So, and the title of today's message is this. Happy 1,987th birthday, church. Come on. Yeah. 1,987 years since the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And you looked really good for being nearly 2,000 years old, might I add. You're doing good. You go, girl. You work it. All right. So, uh, but we're in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 8. And so Peter and the guys, they're ready for revolution. And Jesus says, wait, that, hold on, hold on. The, uh, the Father knows when that will happen. But I've got something even better. Acts 1, verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so that we, we read that and we're like, well, that sounds kind of cute, but think about that. In that day and age, you, I mean, if you've traveled 20 miles from your place of birth, you've accomplished a lot. And Jesus says, no. You guys are looking for all this power. You guys are looking for all this authority. But this person called the Holy Spirit is going to come. And when he does come, you're not, he's not going to give you the, you know, the, the power for war that you're looking for. He's going to give you power to be my witness all over the world. Not just right here in Jerusalem, but Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we hear that and we're like, That doesn't really sound that impressive. I could get on an airplane right now and fly to the ends of the earth in my own string. But in that day and age, for somebody to say, listen here, Robert, someday you'll get this message all the way to the ends of the earth. Your mind would have went, I can't even comprehend that. The ends of the earth? I'm just trying to get out of San Bernardino County. And Jesus says, when the spirit comes, you're going to be spreading the word of God all over the world because you will have power and you will have boldness and so they keep hearing holy spirit holy spirit's coming he's a coming he's a coming be waiting for it and then the day happened that jesus had been talking about since john 14 john 15 john 16 acts chapter 2 happens let's flip there acts chapter 2 we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 because 
This right here, maybe you've read this, but today I want you to read it in a whole new light. This is where the New Testament church was born and birthed and started. We trace our roots to right here. And I think that 1,987 years later, it's time for us to rise up again, be reborn, and do the work of the church that Jesus called us to do. And so, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. I think Jesus likes it when Christians meet together in one place. I enjoyed, you know, uh, sitting in my shorts and watching it on YouTube. That was cool for a few weeks, but I like to be right here and to see you guys. Amen. And so, there's power when we get together in one place. But on the day of Pentecost, they were meeting together in one place. And then suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Can you imagine that? They've never seen a sci-fi movie. They've never been to the movie theater and had Dolby surround sound inside of them. They've never heard bass so loud that your brain's shaking, but you like it anyway. They've never felt any of those things. But they're sitting there in church just praying, come, Lord Jesus, come, whatever. And then it happens. A mighty windstorm comes inside, inside, and starts blowing. And they hear the sound of like a hurricane inside of the building where they're at. And it filled the house. Verse 3, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And so can you imagine we're hearing this wind and then it looks like everybody's heads are on fire and you're like, what is going on right here? I've never heard or seen anything like this. And then what happens? Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them this ability. The Spirit gave them utterance. This is the day of Pentecost. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And these guys are like looking for answers. And Jesus says, I've got your answer. Oh, it's coming. You just sit there. It's coming. And then the Holy Spirit shows up and absolutely changes the world. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus said, you will have boldness. And so as all this is going on in this building, there's people on the street. What's going on in there? It looks like flames, but no, I hear wind, and, and people are looking. There's a ruckus. And so, Jerusalem, there's all these people that start coming to the building to see what's going on. What is going on in there? And there's people that speak all these different languages, Jewish people from different regions that speak all these different languages. They come up, and they hear, wait a minute, they're speaking my language. These guys are speaking this language. And there's all these languages being spoken, and they're like, what's going on? Oh, we get it. They're probably drunk in there. That's literally what their, what their solution is, is they've got to be drunk. And sometimes you've got the joy of the Lord so much, and people can't understand it. They're like, oh, he must be drunk. Uh, give me some of what he's having. I mean, come on, somebody. What's it? And, 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 and it hasn't changed. So people are like, they must be drunk. And then Peter gets up and says this, Acts 2, verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully. All of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. 
These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Come on, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock is much too early for that. No, what, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And here's what Joel prophesied. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't just for the Jewish Christians. He will pour out his spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Personally, I lean towards the vision thing. I want to be a young guy. But, hey, if you want to dream, you go and do that with your old self. Come on, somebody. All right. So he says, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. There's a mind-blowing concept for that day. Women, and, and absolutely, men and women, people everywhere are going to receive the Holy Spirit, and they will prophesy, I will cause wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on, somebody. Everybody. Not, not just one race, not just one gender. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter is preaching such fire that he's got over 3,000 people listening to this sermon. No microphone, no YouTube, no Facebook, none of that. He's got a crowd of over 3,000 people listening. Let's look at verse 37 here. So he's preaching the fire. What was the end result? Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Is there anybody in Barstow today that's been called by the name of the Lord our God? You are called by the name of the Lord your God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. That's a good sermon right there. I ought to preach that today. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And look what happens. Did people get mad? Like, we ain't crooked. Don't call us that. No. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. How many? About 3,000 in all. Now, I like Peter's plan for church growth. We get up. We preach in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and let God do the work and God do the rest. 3,000 people added to the church that day. And so we're going to quickly look at three effects from the early church. So hang with me. We're getting ready to push the gas pedal down because we've got another group coming in here after you guys. Amen. And so three effects of the early church. Number one, boldness. Who'd like to be a little more bold? Are you content and just, hey, no, I'm good. I'm going to be a bench player. I don't really care to start. I just want to sit here on the bench and, you know, I'm good. No, man, put me in the game, coach. I want to do something for Jesus. And so what we saw from Peter was pure boldness. To give a sermon and see 3,000 people get saved on the streets is absolutely incredible. I would take those numbers and those results any day of the week. And think about this where we're at. 
2020, remember, remember what, what was that five months ago? We came into this thing six months ago. New year, new me. New year, older you. Come on. No, no, new year, new me. This is a new decade. This is, this is, this is my chance. This is going to be that moment. And let's just get real, man. Internationally, this is probably the roughest year the world's seen since like 1947, right? World, I mean, it's been crazy. Now, my personal life's doing great. I know the churches, the Bars, High Desert Word Center's doing fantastic through it all. But if we look beyond some of this, there's been some messed up stuff going on, right? And so I believe this is a good time for the church to rise up and be bold because Whenever things are going bad, I have learned that people start looking for answers. People want answers. And we know this much. Most of the people out there don't have the answers. I mean, let's just get real. There's people, there, I mean, there's people given their opinions, given their expertise on things that they have nothing about. And they think they're all that and that they're great. But as we said at the start of this service, there is definitely one expert and i personally know him i don't have to just read about him and okay well here's what they said about him or or maybe i could google this i personally know somebody that i talk to every single day that has every answer that we need right now and his name is jesus christ of nazareth so how fair is it that I just keep him to myself? No, guys, I've got the answers you need, but I don't want to tell you about that. I mean, I want to scare you. I don't want to seem like a, you know, like a know-it-all. I don't want to seem like, uh, like that. Listen, go ahead. Tell people about Jesus and do it right now. Because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth more laborers into the fields. There's a golden opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up right now and do what he's calling us to do, but it's going to take boldness. There's a great preacher named Smith Wigglesworth. You've heard of us talk about Smith Wigglesworth. Very famous, very powerful preacher in the early part of last century. And I was hearing a story that, uh, about him. I just love his boldness. One pastor wrote about an experience with Smith. He said, Smith was here in my city recently, and I took him to one of the fanciest restaurants to have lunch on Sunday. When we came into the restaurant, someone took his coat and hung it up for him. He looked around like an eagle, looking around the whole restaurant. Only wealthy people ate in this restaurant. Instead of sitting down, he took a fork and began to hit the side of his glass with it. Bing, 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 getting everyone's attention. Everybody stopped eating. When he had their attention, he looked at all of them and said, Ladies and gentlemen, I have noticed upon arriving here that not one of you has prayed over your food you resemble a bunch of hogs to me. You just jump in and eat without giving thanks to the one who provided it for you. Bow your heads and I'll pray for you. I mean, what do you say to that? Everybody bowed their heads and closed their eyes. He raised his hands and prayed the fire of heaven down over these people. And the pastor said, before we left the restaurant, two families came to our table and got saved because they were so convicted of what. Now, amen, come on. So what am I, am I saying? You need to go out and do that. If Jesus tells you to, you need to go do that. But beyond that, what I'm saying is 
Now is not the time to be ashamed of what we believe. I'm not ashamed that Jesus healed me of cancer. I'm not ashamed that Jesus gave me peace when I was depressed. I'm not ashamed that Jesus gave me the joy of the Lord to be my strength when I was sad. I'm not ashamed that Jesus delivered me and set me free from everything that held me back. I'm proud of it, and I want to tell somebody. And so today is the day that the church rises up and does that. Three effects of the early church. One is boldness. Number two, salvations. Salvations. So we saw that on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. It kept spreading from there. It just kept going. That wasn't a one-time, all the time. In fact, it just said there in Acts 2 that the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. And so in Acts chapter 3, we've studied that the last few weeks. Peter and John pray for the crippled man. He gets healed. Peter and John get arrested. And then they get let loose and they do it all over again. And so there's a lot going on. But Acts chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it says this. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. And so Peter and John getting arrested. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. So a few, a few days ago, a week ago, Peter had got over 3,000 people to come to the Lord. Here we are, however long this is later, a week, two weeks, whatever. Now we're at 5,000 people in Jerusalem that are born again Christians. Did that happen because they were ashamed of the name of Jesus? Did that happen because they lived in a very divisive turmoil society and they kept their mouth shut and didn't tell anybody about jesus no it happened because they were telling people about jesus why because in turbulent times people are desperate for answers and there may be people that you know and you've tried to tell them about jesus and they didn't listen last year you tried to tell them about jesus Two years ago, and they said, keep that to yourself. Quit judging me. You might be tried to tell them about it before, and they said, man, religion's between you. you know, that, that's a personal thing. But right now, they are so confused. They are so backwards. They are so scared of what's going on that now's the time to tell them about it again. When Jesus appeared to the disciples uh, when they were fishing one time, he says, hey, guys, you having any luck? No, we haven't caught anything all night. Okay, try, try casting your nets over here, and you're going to catch so many you can't hold them. They said, we already did that. He says, well, do it again. It's a new day. Do it again. And so a lot of times we're like, well, I tried that before, and I'm telling you right now, this is a new day. Throw those nets out there again. Talk to that person again. It's a new day. You're going to get some different results than you got before. Amen? It's a new day, and it's time for us to rise up. And the third result is this, unity. Number three, unity. The early Christians consisted of only Jewish people. And, so even, and even amongst themselves, they had divisiveness. There was your regular, uh, just by the book, Orthodox fundamental Jews that got saved. And then you had people they called the Hellenists, and they were Jewish by blood, but they identified more with the Greek culture. They had been raised in this atmosphere, and so like, yes, that's my blood, but, you know, I really, uh, they identify. And so the more Orthodox Jewish people, like, we don't want anything to do with them. 
They're sellouts. They're traitors. And so they push them away. But then these guys start getting saved. And so the early Christians were all these Jewish people, and even amongst themselves, they were fighting. But as you recall, one of the, actually the very last thing that Jesus said, the very last thing before he ascended to heaven is Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which we already looked at earlier. And he said, you're going to be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and then to all the ends of the earth. And he kept saying, all these people, everybody, everywhere. And so that didn't register on Peter and the boys. They were like, okay, everybody everywhere. That must mean, you know, my Jewish relatives over here, you know, on this side of town. And, and, but Jesus meant everybody everywhere. And so they struggled with this for a while because this concept was absolutely mind-blowing. There is no way that Jesus came for people that are not Jewish. I don't believe that. And so God gives Peter a vision in Acts chapter 10. And basically, Peter, he falls asleep. And, 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 and God gives him, the, he sees a sheet come down out of heaven. And there's all these different kinds of animals in it. You know, there, and, 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 and so Peter's seeing this, and the Lord tells him, Peter, go ahead. You can eat these, all of them. And Peter says, no, no, there's pigs in there. There's, there's shrimp in there. There's all, half of these I'm forbidden from having anything to do with. And Jesus in the vision says, Peter, if I've said something's okay, it's okay. And, well, if I said something's clean, then it's clean. And Peter's like, whoa. About that time, he hears a knock at the door. He's staying at another guy named Simon's house, Simon the Tanner. He's staying there, and Peter hears this knock and snaps out of it. Well, these Gentile guys show up because an angel said, hey, go over here to Simon's house. There is a Jewish man there. He's going to tell you the way to salvation. And so Peter goes down there, and he invites them in, and then he goes to their house, the next town over, the next day. And, and Peter has this revelation, Acts chapter 10, verse 28. Peter told the guys, you know, it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or even associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure and unclean. And I, I mean, I hear that. I'm like, of course, of course. But to Peter, this was a brand new revelation. This was earth shaking and then verses 34 and 35, Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. God is no respecter of persons. Contrary to your belief, you are not God's favorite. I know. It's not hard. I mean, you know, we want to be. We want, but, but you're not God's favorite because God loves everybody the same. God shows no favorites. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. And so we're looking at the early church. This is a massive, monumental breakthrough moment for the early church because once they get the green light here, man, they start spreading the name of Jesus everywhere. And to make a long story short, the rest is history. Here we are in Barstow, California, 1,987 years later, serving and singing and lifting our hands to the very same Jesus that turned Jerusalem and that entire region upside down all those years ago. And so as we start to wind down today, what am I talking about? What I'm saying is this. It's a new day for the church of Jesus Christ. It's a new day. And you know what? Some people are like, maybe we shouldn't go back to normal. There's a lot of normal things that I want to resume, but I don't want to go back to being lazy Christians. 
I don't want to go back to being so comfortable knowing my neighbor could die and go to hell tomorrow and I have no urgency whatsoever to say or do anything about it. You know, I heard this story. It's a fictional story, but the devil and his demons got together like, we've got to put a stop to this whole thing, so let's get a game plan. Let's tell everybody that this God business isn't real and and we'll just take it that way. And they decided, no, because everybody in their heart wants to have this belief that there's a higher power. That's not going to work. Okay, let's go. Let's tell everybody that there's no hell. And then the demons, they said, well, no, everybody believes that there's some punishment for doing wrong. That's not going to work. Then the devil said, I've got a great idea. Let's tell everybody that maybe these things are real, but you've got time to make your decision. Wait till later. You know, you can think about that later. Don't, don't worry about that right now. You've got time. Don't make a decision about Jesus and God and faith and church right now. Put it off to another day. This is a fictional story, but they put that plan into place, and it's worked brilliantly because people all over the world, they're like, well, I, I, you know, I, I want to believe God's real, and I, I think he's real, and, and yeah, there, there may be a heaven, there may be a hell, but I don't want to think about that right now. I'm too young to think about that, or I've got money on my mind and, and my mind on my money. I've got, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got girls. I've got, I've got, I've got, I, I want to get a boy. And, and, and they're thinking about all these things. I'll put it off until later. Guess what? It's later. Today is the day of salvation. Choose for yourselves this day who you will serve But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got to choose. And today is the day. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Because as we've seen, things have happened in this world in the last three months that I did not think would happen in my lifetime. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off any longer. Can I get an amen today, somebody? Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. It's time for the church to arise. I'm going to pray over you, and I've got, I forgot we have a few announcements to make, and I apologize. You guys are the first service of all this, so you've kind of been the guinea pigs. So we've got to go back to do the announcements in a minute. But, hey, second service, watch it online. It's going to rock, guys. You're going to love it. So No, I'm kidding. This has been awesome. But listen right here. I'm going to pray over you today. If you need prayer at all, I'm not laying hands on you just yet. Give me a few more weeks, and we're going to get there, man. We're going to get there. But right now, I'm praying over everybody in this room, and we're live streaming anybody watching online. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for this beautiful, wonderful day that we've been looking forward to for all these months. Lord, I pray over every single person in this building, anybody watching online right now, and I say, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, anybody in here that needs healing, I thank you that your word says in 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' wounds, by his stripes, we have been healed. Healing to their body, to their mind, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Healing to their homes, to their marriages, to their children, to their families in the name of Jesus And we thank you that this is a new day, this is a new hour, and we're stepping forward with boldness in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen today. Amen. I'm going to ask Katie to come up, and uh, we just got a a few announcements to go over, and we'll close things down in just a minute. Amen.
right? No more laziness, right? Praise the Lord. So um, I want to remind you about the children's video. Has anyone other than the children been watching them? They're fabulous. They're just so much fun. I wish that we could do puppets here. It's just kind of fun. So the the children's video plays at 1 o'clock this Sunday. Okay, so today at 1 o'clock. And then also at 6 o'clock, the Sunday night service will play on YouTube and on Facebook. So that's going to kind of be our norm for right now. But we do have a whole crew of people who cannot attend on Sundays, and so they need a Wednesday service. So we will be having Wednesday service, which I'm sure if you registered online, you saw that as an option. Um, If you are attending Wednesday service, please do go ahead and register. The more the merrier. We're believing God that some of the restrictions will lift by Wednesday, and we can have however many people we want to have. So Wednesday, service at 7 like normal. Um, I also want to let you know, today is Mission Sunday, because we forgot it. Really, last week was Mission Sunday, but anyway, so I do want to remind you of missions giving. Um, There's lots of us who have pledged with that. Uh, We do have multiple missionaries that we support monthly, and all of our pledges go to help support that um, and do lots of other things over this last nine to 12 weeks, uh, we have supported the missions in uh, Peru where pastor had gone. They went there to do a pastor's conference and then lots of pastors were stuck there during quarantine. And so we have been supporting them and sending money there. We've also supported things that Dr. Barclay is doing in Michigan. Uh, So there is a lot that goes in to us as a church body supporting missions, right? And that's all of Luke 6.38. And when we quote Philippians 4.19, that God will supply all my needs, that's because of your missions giving. So don't quote it out of line. Know know what you're quoting. Um, Also, along with missions, Dana Nile will be here next week. We also forgot about that. So he is actually going to be here with us, sharing with us. He is the missionary that took Pastor down to Peru. Um, So he is an amazing guy and will have lots and lots of stories. Um, He has been all around the world this past year. So Vietnam, Thailand, Nepal, Peru, several other South American things. So don't miss next Sunday and register if at all possible just so we have an idea. Uh, but again, we're believing God, so believe with us. No more number restrictions on the amount of people. Cool? Okay. Praise God. All right. So we're going to go ahead and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings as we close out. Now, um, again, this is a little bit different. We encourage people to give online. So you're, you have your permission to get your phones out right now. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> But uh, also, if you want to give by check or cash, that's fine. Back there by Lawrence at the back table there, there's envelopes on the table, very safe, uh, sanitized. You can grab an envelope and uh, fill out your check or cash, drop it in that bucket on the way out, and, uh, and, and do it that way. Or you can give online, that's fine. And again, I repeat, thank you for your faithfulness during these past three months. If I could just be honest, the church finances have gone up big time. 
big time. We have been able to catch up on a lot of budget things and fully fund our emergency fund, which is just so important when you've got a 13-acre property and own four buildings. I mean, that's big. And so through it all, I feel bad, you know, that a lot of people suffer, but because of word-taught, Bible-believing Christians at High Desert Word Center, it's not nothing but go up. And so we thank God for that. Amen. Well, social distance, respect. We have kids. We social distance all the time. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to share with you, not that, but <laughs> I wanted to share with you that as far as the church finances go, I'm so appreciative because we have, we've had leaks, we've had plumbing repairs, we've had all kinds of things go on over the last two months, um, but the most important thing that that emergency fund has done and the finances have done is be able to support other ministries that didn't have an emergency fund, that didn't have a game plan when all of a sudden no one was giving and no one was coming to church. There have been so many churches hurting during this time, and we're so proud of calling you family, so proud of that. But I will also tell you it has been a joy to say that our church family has been able to come alongside other churches, other ministries, love on them, and help get them through a a difficult situation, which is what the body is supposed to be like. Amen. That's right. That's right. As a church, we're givers as a church. Amen. And so we have been able to help out a lot of other churches and ministries with what God's done through you. So praise God for that. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to say our financial faith confession together. And it's going to be nice to hear you saying it with me. And again, on your way out, uh, you can grab an envelope there if you want to give it that way and, uh, and drop it off. There's a missions bucket for missions and a regular bucket. And then we, we will ask that we'll go ahead and kind of exit the building. You can hang out out there and all that fun stuff. Thank God the weather's good today, so it's not too hot. You can hang out, and then we've got a cleaning crew that's going to come in and disinfect. And, hey, we're playing by the rules. We're being good, boys and girls. Amen. And we're going to be safe. So let's speak our financial faith confession together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Now let's go ahead and stand up together today as we are dismissed. And do you know what we're going to do next? Yes, we're going to bless that city right over there. Amen. And they're going to like, hey, why are we so blessed? Because there's this church right on the outside of town that's speaking blessings over you, whether you like it or not. Amen. And so let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. 
Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We love you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.